OTB AM, setting you up for the day ahead. Luton is an easy is an easy name to say. This is what was just happening in the studio here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I know people who have flown into Luton. OTB AM, live weekday mornings from 7.30 on the OTB Sports app. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now. You know, that wasn't an All-Ireland winning performance. Probably should have won the game based on the second-half performance. Is it a step too far to say it was the performance so far of the World Cup? Maybe not. OTBAN's performance rankings with Gillette. I'm, I'm, I'm scratching my head. That performance is just lacked that intensity. Well, sometimes form is function, and we're straight into the Gillette Labs performance <laughs> rankings this morning. A very good morning to you. Hello. Happy Monday. Colin is here. Hi, uh, Dur- Shane is here. Morning, how are things? Well, I guess we're getting straight into it. No, <laughs> no time for shilly shallying. No choice. No choice. Shilly dallying. That's what they're doing. They're like these lads. Just they, they talk too much crap. Just get into it. Just that's that's how they solve it. Just play the sting. We have to talk about it. Seriously, ruthless editorial decision there in the sound box this yeah. morning. Enjoyed that. Do it. Uh, straight into the red with um, Arsenal. <laughs> We've no choice this morning. <laughs> how was your weekend? How was your weekend? Yeah, sorry. Yeah, we got. How, how was your weekend, lads? Well, Caldera all Ireland champions. Yeah, 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 yeah. Congratulations to everyone in Kildare, by the Something way. Something is stirring. Huge achievement. Yeah, I feel very bad for the Sligo goalkeeper just as they were getting back into it. Um, ends up making a good save, tipping the ball over a crossbar with a, uh, with a shot that was dipping that could have embarrassed him. Mm. And then Kildare win the next two kickouts and, and score 1-1 off it. And um, I, it's the turning of the game. I think I think Kildare were going to touch them off anyway. And then obviously the game is gone and they win well in the end. But it was in the melting pot and certainly... There were some concerns at that stage from Kildare. I was like, uh-oh, are we going to blow a big lead in this? We might. I don't know. But uh, obviously, massive stuff happening in Sligo football at underage level. And uh, at senior level, and hopefully there's no revenge for Sligo at senior level in a couple of weeks. Uh, one other point as well, that uh, another team that don't make the Gillette Labs performance rankings this morning is Manchester United. But Shane, you were at Old Trafford on Saturday. I was. To watch their 2-0 victory against Wolves. Yeah, good Synopsis. atmosphere. Good atmosphere at Old Trafford. Um Alejandro Garnacho good to see him back on the pitch for United fans um, the before, look, it wasn't a great game classic 2-0 Saturday yeah, game. it was just fairly Wolves are done Wolves didn't threaten you know anytime Wolves were getting corners it was because United were making defensive mistakes Varane looked a little bit uh, leaky yeah, it's going to take him a little bit of time to get back in uh, funny enough Harry Maguire came on and looked a little bit more solid did Collins get off the bench? Uh, Collins did not get off the bench right no. the problem with centre-halves isn't it so rarely they come on on this yeah Tactically, they won't come on. I had a dream. I had a dream the night before the match that Alejandro Garnacho was going to score, and then before the game, I was like, maybe stick a little tenor on Garnacho to score. The teams came out and it was like Garnacho's not starting. I was like, okay, I'll leave it. Eighty-four minutes on the clock. Garnacho's coming off the bench, and I said to my brother, "Do it. Stick a tenor on." He was sixteen to one at that point, and um, sure enough. The, the, the dream became true. All right. So it was a nice little moment. I so never knew you. I really celebrated that goal. Andre Konchelski so much. I loved Konchelski. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, mid nineties. That was the retro. Had a vintage Conceska's uh, jersey on. Have you ever had a? I, I saw on his Instagram. Have you ever had a, like a, you know, other other prognostication dreams? Are you Mystic Meg here? Is that what you're telling us? Well, like I, the last two times I was, I was over for matches, I called Casemiro to be man of the match in the Carabao final, watching in the, in the in the pub in Manchester, and then I called Fred to score against Barcelona, which is fairly random. So um, these these dreams just come to me sometimes. You know? It was only the second biggest thing you did this weekend in the sporting landscape. We'll get to that. We Amber. We will get to that. Yeah, it was it was pretty important. Um will we get into Arsenal? We'll get into Arsenal. Uh Bottlers? Are we going that far? No, we're not going that far. Yeah, well John Hartson did yesterday on Twitter. He's making the point that this is now becoming a bit of a habit. 
I feel like that's a bit harsh, isn't it? The game was a 36-game, 38-game season. Have to be realistic. Arsenal have, for three quarters of the season, been outstanding. Final part, they've completely choked under the pressure. Same last two seasons when chasing Champions League place. 38 games, not 30. Uh, I think he's right. You think so? Well, I don't know. I mean, yesterday was one of those games where it wasn't entirely smash and grab. I didn't get to see the whole game, so I didn't see the ebb and flow of it. I was watching highlights of it, and it was like... Chance, 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 chance. Oh, goal down the other end. Mm. Chance, chance, chance. Goal down the other end. Goal down the other end. Like, I mean, come on, Arsenal. I saw the ebb and flow of it because hey. Ferguson was oh, very, very good. good. I mean, top notch. I was into the WhatsApp group last night saying, like, I'm really excited because I think that was, and this is hopefully not too much hyperbole, I think it was the biggest game an Irish players played at club level since Cuevin Kelleher in the League Cup final last season when he scored the winning penalty against Chelsea to win the Cup for Liverpool. In terms of exposure, Super Sunday, mass audience, last chance for Arsenal to keep the title race going and the number nine for Brighton on the day mm. was their own Evan Ferguson and Brighton were outstanding. It's a pity he got taken off with about 20 minutes left but he played a huge part in Brighton's very comfortable victory in the end. Standing on ankles and the whole lot as well. Hmm? He was standing on Arsenal ankles the whole lot. Kenny Cunningham gave him a six and a half out of ten. I thought he was. But he, very but he said he thoroughly enjoyed his performance. I thought, I thought he was very physical. You know, he didn't do anything uh, spectacular or anything like that, but he was a handful for them, as was the general Brighton front line, to be yeah. honest, that Arsenal couldn't deal with. I found it interesting that Mikel Arteta took to apologising afterwards for the second half performance, which I didn't think was too necessary. I mean, these happened in the games. But what he could apologise for is on New Year's Day, Arsenal had 43 points, and no team has ever not won the league from that position. Mm. So he could apologise for the second half of the campaign. But I don't how, think the second half performance yesterday. How concerned are we about the signing of Jair Pedro from Watford for thirty million to Brighton, a twenty-one-year-old striker? Um, not too much. I think it just adds more competition. I think he'll play more than enough games next season. Ferguson, they put their faith in him. New contract. I think it's all part of the project, as they would say nowadays. Yeah. And thirty million. Okay, it's a bit of money, but these days, not huge. Not so much that you'd absolutely have to play him. So I think Ferguson will be fine. Grant, yeah, they've, they've shown faith in him. Deserby clearly likes him as much as Potter did. Um, from from an Arsenal perspective, the, the the first half was just flat. Um, and when you look at the the nature of the Newcastle game last week, which was the total opposite, it's like this is surprising. And bright because Brighton weren't great. I thought the first half they were all right. I thought it was a very even game. It was quite that. Yeah, but it was it was it wasn't exciting. It wasn't exciting for the neutral to watch. No, no, but I wouldn't expect it to be exciting at this time of the season unless uh, something defensively is going wrong. Mm. It was the second half display that was very concerning. Like it was nil-nil. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose, I mean? yeah. They, they, they came close twice, Arsenal. Bukaya Saka had a shot in the first half, whipped it with his left foot near post, just went wide. And Reese Nelson came on as a sub, and shortly afterwards, he had a shot far post that just went wide, and that was at 1-0 down. But other than that, Brighton created all the chances. So I see it about right back worked, and I, I was concerned looking at the team before the game. I was like, oh, he's going to be missing the midfield. But obviously, he marshaled Martinelli for the time that Martinelli was on the pitch. Um like Saliba's injury is the big thing here for Arsenal isn't it that, 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 like, there's no coincidence that Arsenal's complete uh, not bottle job but uh, absence now from the title race really is um, is down to Saliba's absence like um, Kivio, Kivio yesterday just purr well, yeah well he went down for the first goal seemed to get uh, possibly fouled or something happened to him anyway that he went down injured that's why and CISO had an easy header mm. Look, it's part of the reason Arsenal is struggling without Saliba, but Odegaard, his form isn't as strong as it was. I think Jesus getting injured when he did and the length of time that he was out. I know uh, Eddie Nketiah did very well in his absence, but you're missing Jesus and he hasn't been the same since he came back. So it's key players 
probably in the decisive part of the pitch they just haven't been as strong as they were yeah and look there will be Champions League football next season and so there will be money to spend extra money even on top of the money that they spent last year you, look I, I think <clears throat> I, don't, I don't know with the Manchester City and all of the charges they're facing is another storyline that is going to bubble back up very soon I think because there'll be a trophy lift there'll be an open top bus parade and everybody will be talking about uh, will they actually get to keep this trophy is this going to be Manchester City's trophy so I don't know Arsenal want to just make sure they finish second in case uh, Man City do get stripped of the title or get uh, points deduction later on. But um, just to go back to Evan Ferguson, he was interviewed yesterday. There was a piece, I don't know, was it a, a, an interview? Certainly there was a piece with him yesterday in the Sunday Times and there's a quote <clears throat> about his age and he's like, ah, look, age doesn't really matter anymore. Um, everyone says, oh, he's young, he's 18, this and that, but if he trusts you and you can play, there's no reason not to do well. This is uh, about his relationship with Zerbi and also how it was actually really good for him that Potter got the Chelsea gig, which it has been. And then this is a quote. I look at what Rooney did when he was my age, Benzema, Ibrahimovic, Giroud, and I bring different bits of their game into mine. Make your strengths even stronger and improve on your weaknesses. If he was as good as any of those and had any of their careers, we'd, oh. be, we'd be pretty happy. You'd take it, wouldn't you? Even Olivier Giroud at this stage. <laughs> even even Olivier Giroud, oh. France's all-time leading goal scorer. <coughs> yeah, yeah. You take Olivier him. alone. Men's leading goal scorer, of course. Fifty-three goals in one hundred and twenty-two international appearances. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're asking Keith Tracy on Friday in the kickoff uh, as an Arsenal supporter. Where would he strengthen in the summer? Robbie Keane had sixty-eight goals, so you know he wouldn't quite fulfil John O'Shea's prognostications. Oh, yeah. um, anyway, sorry. Yeah. So Tracy, uh, Tracy was mentioning right back. He is an Arsenal fan. Yeah, be one. And uh, I think that's kind of been vindicated from yesterday when Karim Motoma absolutely destroyed Ben White all game, yeah. all game long. Brighton were attacking the left flank. And um, it's one of those old things like if you know, you're know you watching this match, didn't know anything about either team, you would say Brighton are by far the superior side. And they showed him the second half. But Motoma, oh my God, he rinsed them. Rinse and repeat. Like, He's ridiculous. Over I, and over again. I wouldn't have even. I, w- I wouldn't call it bottling. I'd, al- I'd almost call it lack of belief from the Arsenal players. You felt like the last number of games, they never really felt like... Like even Thomas Partey, a big game player... Mayorsi's a big game player. The second half of the season, he's. I don't crap. know. I don't know why you're doing the mental gymnastics, not to call it bottling. Like it's I, 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 they bottled it. They like they had a winning position and they didn't win because psychologically they weren't strong enough. City won through. eleven games. City just stood on their necks. Yeah, like but, if but any they, lesser team in a title race than they, City, they would have won the league even if City had won all their games. They would have won the league if they just could have taken care of business and they couldn't uh, take care of business. I think it's an easy cliche to just call Arsenal bottlers, isn't it? Like on this occasion, Arsenal have had a brilliant season. They're going to recruit in the summer and probably push on next season again. An easy truth bomb, Shane. That's what it is. <laughs> I don't know. Let's be honest. They've overachieved. If you offer them a second at the start of the season, it's just the way it's, they've gone about it. That's all. Like if they had say they started the season like the way they're finishing it, mm. and then for the second three quarters of the season, if you like, for that part, portion of it, they were excellent, and they ended up finishing second, you would say, "Oh my god, what a job Mikel Arteta has done!" A backdoor second. He's done it the opposite way. A backdoor second when Man United are obviously not all that. When Spurs have collapsed. When Chelsea have are barely going to finish in the top ten, even if they, maybe they won't. Like, is it is it all that impressive to be better? Are Liverpool in crisis? Is it really that impressive to be best of the rest? Yeah. Well, not only best of the rest. If there were twenty, if there were 20 points off Man City in second, they'd be best of the rest. But well, they, they are literally involved in a title battle all season. Maybe and you get a special prize for, for being... You get a... Oh, Atta boy. Hey, well done, you. A little bronze. It's not a patronising second. I'm not saying that. It's, I would never say that. 
It's not a patronising second. No, no. If you're involved in a title race, it's hardly a patronising second. But when they were, what are they, eight points clear at one stage was the, the, the highest lead they had. And I just never believed that they believed they were going to win yeah, the league. Exactly. Because they're ahead of schedule. Yeah, yeah. But it's still, like, if they get better this summer, do you know who they can get? There is no schedule. Do you know who they can get? There's no schedule. Do you know who they can get? A-listers who are, who've fallen out with a club, right, or B-listers who were kind of not quite the absolute top B rung because those players are going to go to like Real Madrid, Man City. They need A-listers that have fallen out with clubs are middle-of-the-road kind of B-listers. That's how they're going to improve their team because I don't think they're absolutely the pinnacle of where you want did, to go. Did Zinchenko and Jesus really improve the team to the point where they're now title contenders or did we overrate that narrative a little bit? Who gave the ball away? Was it Zinchenko? Yeah, he tried to flick it around the corner. <coughs> he well, just he, he hit the crossbar Trasser when he came on. That was the other chance they had. Yeah. Uh, no, like I don't think I um, think you're all being seduced by Arsenal because they've had a good season oh. and it's recently bias. You were seduced by over, I, I wasn't. You were um, you were definitely saying at the time. I think they I made a mistake, but at the start of the season, Nathan was like, Oh, they are the real deal. I was like, Okay, well I think they're still gonna be Arsenal at the end of the season and they are. Well when they got rid of Zinchenko and Jesus Man City, it was for a reason. They were squad players. Yeah, but the Arsenal wouldn't have been in title race. That's a them. financial fair play. Yeah, for one another reason. There you go. Arsenal would not have been in the title race without Zinchenko or, or Jesus. I know Jesus was injured yeah. for a period, but but they wouldn't have been. If you look at Arsenal squad, Manchester United squad, Chelsea's, even Tottenham's, they've done very well this season. Yeah, it's the order of how they've gone about it is why people think they've bottled it. I just think they, they were never. I just don't think they were ever going to win the league, even at eight points there. The only time I thought maybe when they were tuning up at Anfield. Can you show me the schedule where you where they where they arrive at the end? What's the end point of that schedule? What was the schedule between 1986 and 1993 for Alex Ferguson? You know they were like, this guy's got to go. I mean, you, you know, know, you can get there. It turns out there wasn't a schedule, and he would have been fired in the modern game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, it, uh, it, so what's your point? <laughs> My point is that this doesn't necessarily has to be the end. Well, no, but it of could, Arsenal's it, ascendancy. It could well be. What if it, it's not a one season wonder? <clears throat> I don't think so. The downturn was a month ago tomorrow. It was West Ham away when they went 2 0 up. No, it was 2 0 up at Anfield. Well, that was another one, but like the West Ham game, you're 2 0 up and cruising. And like that Liverpool game was so insane and chaotic that anything could have happened. But like the West Ham game was like, Arsenal need to win this match. And then uh, they let Arsenal were supposed to be closing the goal difference. difference. If you were Evan Ferguson and <clears throat> Arsenal community this summer, would you go to Arsenal or would you stay at Brighton? And if, if you're offered equal opportunities of both. Tell me who the manager is. Is Deserby staying? Same manager. And if Deserby's staying, you've got to stay. But Mikel Arteta is one of the most promising managers is around. He? Is he? Oh, is he not? I don't know. I don't know. I, like, <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know. I just I want to wait and see now what, what happens next. Can he manage a club where there's Champions League on a Tuesday or Wednesday and then Premier League games at the weekend? And let's just wait and see. I, look, I think Arteta has a vision, mm-hmm. but like when Kevin De Bruyne pushed him over, that was the end of the season. That was his Billy Big Bollocks moment, and he failed. He's like, ah, 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 leave me alone, Kevin De Bruyne. What are you doing? Screenshot that face. It was good. Yeah, yeah. I don't think. It, I think that was just a moment. This has been a gradual. How have the results that's... been ever since, Colm? Is think that find that, I, I just think that sometimes if you're going to act the big man on the sideline then everything has to go your way but why do we why do we have to put this as an intangible thing a bottling why can't we look at the actual physical things they have no strength and depth compared to City they, like, as soon as injuries happen they, they don't have the players to replace them so the current players are tired that's why they're losing matches at the moment like there are actual scientific reasons behind these results did he not pick a good team deep into the competitions that he was involved in like, could he not have rested players and decided, OK, Europa League doesn't really matter for us at all? 
Maybe, but he, got, he did get unlucky with injuries as well. Like, uh, the, you, uh, to, you, need, you need luck to win leagues as well, a little bit. All right, all right, all right. I mean, look, Man City are very good, but like, it was West Ham. Was, all he had to do was try and beat West Ham and keep the form going, and they couldn't do it. Okay, Arsenal in red. What yeah, else? Waterford are also in red, lads, uh, after the, the game against Clare at the weekend. And um, I don't know, you'd be worried about Waterford hurling because you, you compare the two teams at underage level, minors and 20s, and, and Waterford are really struggling at underage. Clare um, just won a Munster Minor Championship. I think they're in the under 20s final tomorrow or tonight, maybe. Um, but Waterford had so many wides in the first half. Uh, they had the goal chance from Barron, but it was just. Um, not good, and, and you'd have to say similar to the to the um, Brighton as well. Clare hadn't didn't play like the best that they can play. So David Fitzgerald was um, understandably disappointed afterwards. I think he referenced the referee's performance as well, and just wasn't happy with the sending off the second yellow. Um, the game didn't really flow. James O'Connor made that point on on uh, punditry with ourselves as well that the referee maybe should have let the game flow. So from a neutral perspective, wasn't hectic to watch, um, but. From a Clare perspective, you're backing up the Limerick win. So, Waterford, I don't know. You're back to the back to the well to play. Is it Tipperary anything next for them? Clare play Cork. So, you'd be worried if you're a Waterford fan. They just can't handle this this round robin um, championship in Munster. They don't know how to deal with it the last couple of years. Or would you be worried? The feeling I get from the Waterford supporters is a bit of apathy. Like they were criticised for their attendance at Parky Cueve against Cork. Yeah, a few scattered white jerseys amidst the red. And uh, the problem as well, like, is, is their fight. Like you were saying there, saying they weren't too bad in the first half. There was only a goal in it at half time. They had yeah. 15 attempts to Clare's 23. And uh, once again, Davey has to come out afterwards and defend his side, but very differently in the manner he did it after the Cork game, where he was very forlorn and deflated. Now he's coming out all guns blazing. He was speaking to our own Ashley O'Reilly, uh, among a number of others, Jonathan Higgins as well, mm. over the weekend after the game. And it was uh, the message was, we'll be back. We're going nowhere. We're going to improve, but this I think goes behind uh, Fitzgerald. The whole problem, like you said, Shane, their record recently around Robin, it's it's awful. Yeah, it's it's like really horrendous. <coughs> like just one win from fifteen attempts going back to twenty eighteen, and that's six championship defeats in a row. That's shocking. It, I mean, one win in fifteen. Like they've got to two All Ireland finals very recently. They were three points within uh, Galway in twenty seventeen. They were a Mara Shanahan uh, puck of the ball away from equalising, mm. and look where they are now. Yeah, it was just a squeeze. That I mean, um, is Davy back next year? I think probably, but it's more of a question than you would expect. Mm. Like the thing about Davy is generally there's an immediate surge in the team, and that hasn't been the case this year. So, uh, big, big, big challenge for him and the rest of his managerial career to get this back on track. Mm. And also, like, what do, what what's Waterford's long term plan? What's their medium term plan here? Yeah, as I said, the underage stuff it just isn't happening either. It, you could say if they were going well at minors or twenties, okay, it's coming, it's coming, but it's not. Like, it's really not in Waterford. There's just no pipeline at the minute. Yeah, That's res- respect to those underage teams, but they're just not pushing on like the likes of Clare at underage level. Um, so that's a that's but it's an more, issue. It's also their senior players aren't pushing on, and they, it seems like they need a bit of a refresh, like Tottenham Hotspur style. Yeah, that a lot of those players well, they've no they're they've, they've no Milan's or Shanahan's in that in that squad at the, at the minute that that are just taking the game by the scruff of the neck and and carrying the young lads with them. They have an odd mixture this year of uh, seemingly like lack of passion on a consistent basis, and also a poor defensive record. Like everyone's talking about Limerick and the hurling, but they've had four players sent off in the league. They had Callum Lyon sent off as well the weekend for second yellow. And uh, Ryan Taylor and, and Fitzgerald afterwards had no complaints about it. So they, mm. they that, now that 
says to me that there is something wrong going behind the scenes because you don't have the passion to fight, but you certainly have the passion to fight in the wrong way. We'll do more on Waterford Hurling during the week. We'll come back to that. Yeah. All right. Move on so to what happened in the red. Uh, so that's that's the red done, Arsenal Waterford, and we've got um, was a big snooker match in here at the weekend, lads. Or for, was what's you, probably, Sorry, you, probably what's you probably can't even tee this up yourself. Oh, go on. What was it? Yeah, you, you, you can line up. You were there, I suppose, Colin, for the for the. You, you, had, to, you, 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 had, you were hanging around. You had like to be there. Yeah. I actually wasn't. I went for Not the for match Randy. itself. I couldn't hang on. It was too long. We've been roll actually. It was we too were, long. We were practicing earlier on in the it's in the two afternoon. Two hours after I was supposed to go home. Uh, well, uh, do you know what I mean? Ooh. Do you know what I mean? Ronnie, not worth Ooh, it. <laughs> exactly. What? Yeah, yeah. Oh no, I didn't want to get in the way anyway. This is and it was right that I. This wanted. is our practice uh, earlier in the afternoon. Oh, that's you hanging around like a bad smell in the background there. Columns like that's not, not, my time. Not dressed up. Yeah, Jan Verhas, the referee of, in the background there. He's uh, just missing the white gloves. I faced Adrian in the first game. Yeah, Adrian, of course, sitting down me telling everyone what I'm going to do, and then oh, you were all hanging around Ronnie like a bad smell. Were you? Ronnie's not here. Oh, Ronnie's not in this one. Oh, okay. This is setting up. Yeah, that was earlier in the afternoon. This is during the day. Like we do have a clip of that's coming up here. I just like to say, by the way, you couldn't turn the lights on for anybody watching on their tiny phone screen. Was that it? It was. That was practice. That was putting the faders up was beyond your. You see the results there. O'Sullivan wins just. He like I had only two balls left on the table. Someone commented on the on the the comments, lads. Ronnie cheated. There was one. There was one chance where there was two shots. He took two shots. Apparently shouldn't have taken the two shots. Why not? Um, I, I don't think it was a, it was a two shot fight. Like whatever it was, I know, I'm going to need to watch it back and get the VAR out here. But we, um, we have the full match on social, and yeah. a lot of people have watched it over the weekend. Which social platform? It's on TikTok and Instagram and Twitter. Well, the full match is on TikTok. The full four, four minutes. And a half minutes. Four and a half minutes yeah, on yeah. TikTok. Sorry, twice no. on TikTok. I think I think so. I'm not on TikTok, Jersey. I'm too old. Um, but we do have a nice uh, synopsis right. at the end of the game here. Okay, here we go. Uh, oh, look at that. He's got me. Look at that. Look at the cockiness. Oh, this is fantastic. To the middle bins? Yeah, middle bins, yeah. Oh! He missed it. Oh, missed it's not over one. yet. Oh. Well, so he gets a second shot here, but he's not supposed to. He goes, double it. <laughs> he literally just called when he was about to do it. What a ridiculous shot. What a ridiculous shot. Did he tie that? What a moment. The best Did moment of the tournament is the off the bus studios. <laughs> <laughs> Ronnie, piss bob it out. Oh. What a fantastic. He's what buzzing. a finish. Oh, oh. He, he called it as well. He did. Oh, I got lucky though. Clicked to Arch. You never That's lose the, the winning drive. It's the Gary Neville gasm. Yeah, snooker version of that. Sorry, sorry, twice during that match, I was like, "Is this actually happening?" So at the start, I took the break, potted two balls in the break. He said, "Oh, you've got a nice bridge end," and I was like, "He just complimented my bridge hand." And then later on, he said, "I took a shot and potted it." He goes, "How'd you do that?" And I was like, "Did Ronnie O'Sullivan just ask me on a pool table how did I do that? Because I don't know how I did that. Like, you tell me how I did that." By the way, there's a signed book in the studio. People will see behind column there. Um, Ronnie O'Sullivan, Unbreakable. So that's why Ronnie was in. Uh, Ronnie kindly signed the book for us. If you want to win that signed copy of the Ronnie O'Sullivan book, go into the Off The Ball YouTube channel, click into the video of the Ronnie O'Sullivan interview, thumbs up, thumbs it up so it gets in the algorithm for all the snooker fans out there, and leave a comment. What's your favourite Ronnie O'Sullivan moment of his career? And I'm going to pick uh, one of the comments today, and then on tomorrow morning show, announce the winner, and I'll get that uh, signed Ronnie O'Sullivan book posted out. You could always run it for like 24 hours if you wanted to. That's what I'm going to do, yeah, 24 hours. So, yeah. Show all the people. One. All the people. Oh, sorry. This is the queue. Yeah, one of the queues that we uh, used in the match. So uh, too far away. <laughs> it's yeah. one of the little ones. But what, what's the, what's what's <clears throat> what's special about this? About this particular queue. Special yeah. like Arsenal. What's special about this? <laughs> about this with <clears throat> the queue. Yeah. yeah. Well, Ronnie O'Sullivan used this queue, and it's also sorry. Yeah. Signed, yeah, yeah, yeah. signed oh, by Ronnie O'Sullivan. Yeah. Oh yeah. Burying the <laughs> burying the lead there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 I actually have a full size Ronnie O'Sullivan sign queue at home that's framed on the wall. So, sorry. His signature is insanely clean. 
It is. It's so like, I, it's like I put his hand right on my body. Was I was telling you huh? that, that that came out of the weekend as well. That did come out of the weekend. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have a tattoo of Ronnie. <laughs> no, it's it's one four seven in Ronnie's handwriting that uh, got got in Sheffield quite recently. So all right, it's, it's so oh four seven for Monaghan and one four seven for Snooker. You know, right. it's just the way life works, works out, lads. Were you happy with your performance? But the performance was was pretty average, but I'll take it. Do you know, I was only two balls away from beating Ronnie O'Sullivan in the match. Um, he allegedly was, he trying? was he in any way focused? Oh, he was t- fully focused because the, in the interview he was yeah. chalking his cue halfway through. He was like, "Where's the choke? Where's the choke?" And I was like, "It's there." He goes, "Got it, got it." He was absolutely buzzing because in the interview you had with him, he was on about his concentration. He never has a problem with it. Yeah, the interview by the way, he was in, he was unbelievable for him. Um, just really, really honest, candid. Forty-one minutes. If you're interested in watching, that's it, available so. everywhere. Is it during the World Cup in 2006? Uh, Garth Crooks. Gave a particularly like uh, interesting interview with um, Sven Goran Eriksson post match, and Eamon Dunphy famously said, "That's the first time I've seen sex between two men on the BBC." <laughs> <laughs> there was definitely a lot of uh, fanboying going on in the middle of the the snooker bit in particular. Oh, the snooker bit there was uh, the, the interview. There was obviously it was full on uh, interview mode. But the you're, if you're playing pool, sorry, I'd like to think if you were playing crazy golf or whatever with with Tiger Woods, you'd, you'd be. He'll be pretty much eyeing up his, his putting technique. I was like, I don't care if there's a tiny little cue. I'm watching everything he's doing so carefully here. Um, <laughs> he just has big hands, not a tiny cue. Do you have a sports person that you'd like to play a sporting event with? That's uh, one of Shane's dreams realised. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Um, he obviously was very generous with his time. He was brilliant. He was brilliant. Because he, he came in and obviously knew me from before. He was like, oh, we met two weeks ago at the Crucible. Well, I mean, I you, did, you, did, you did point that out. <laughs> yeah. No, but he, he, we were talking about it beforehand. <laughs> Yeah, I met you here, and I met you here, and I met you yeah, here, and yeah. then you, you know, you recognised me there. I yeah, was like, yeah. Uh, just in case, <laughs> I'm just reminding him of all the interviews. Uh, he said it outside. He said, oh, "We spoke with Jimmy before, didn't we?" <clears throat> I was like, "Yeah, we did uh, with Jimmy White." So no, he was he was in great form. I have to say, very kind with his time. His entourage remind me of his keepers <laughs> again. <laughs> yeah, what? what's his guy's name? <clears throat> you want to answer me, will you? Uh, a sports person you want to play with? Yeah, well, Shane, that's one of Shane's dreams. Oh, like you've got to play tennis with McEnroe. Becker. Becker. Started watching Boom Boom at the weekend. Oof, uh, that was only the first 20 minutes of it, but... Um, Such a pretty good answer. What's look, yours? Looking forward to that. Tennis with Goran Ivanisevic. Tennis with Goran Ivanisevic. Yeah. Both it's tennis slightly answers. problematic. But anyway, go on. Uh, do you know? I don't think so. No. No. Yeah. Do you know? Maybe. <laughs> do you know? Do you know? Uh, yeah, so that, that was my one realised. But yeah, running in great form. Would you not just play tennis with Jenny Claffey and she could beat the crap out of you? She's actually offered to play me, but... Um, You're too scared. Yeah, like she's going to absolutely hammer me. Yeah, but that's like, at least you played somebody, you played somebody. Then, finally, when you're banging on about it to your mates in the pub, they'll be like, oh, great, another tennis story. <laughs> so you throw, the, throw the ball around with Tom Brady, maybe. Uh, well, you wouldn't, be, you wouldn't be able to catch it. And he'd you wouldn't be, be able to catch it. Oh. Like, you'd be doing rugby underarm, and he'd be like, what, what is this? <laughs> yeah, it'd be kinda, that'd, be, that'd be pretty tough. You know? Yeah. Uh, I play with you can't play That's like the sport that they were good at yeah maybe you play someone that you love in a different sport that you could have a chance of uh, beating Lee, like Lee Sharp in table tennis very Alan yeah, Partridge yeah. actually yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean obviously golf with Roy Keane would be great watching oh, him he break, play. break the clubs and he doesn't play golf hates it well there you go yeah. that all the more reason to play with them <laughs> no um, I, I'd obviously miss the fact that you were trying to get uh, to the signature on the queue someone says uh, Shane missed the queue there from Jer. Hey, very good. good. Yeah, it was very good. Right, come on. Come on. We, we were like, we started this early. And yeah, we, we did. Haven't even oh, got green. How did this happen? Let's move on to green. Shane McGuigan had uh, a stormer for Derry in the Ulster final yesterday in the, the lovely sunny confines of Clonus. Um, 30,000 odd fans in Clonus. Uh, lovely day. Walking up the hill, everyone seemed to be in, in good vibes from, from what I was judging on, on the TV cameras. I was in Monaghan. There was a few Derry and Armagh fans around in Monaghan town. 
Um, they got lost, did they? Got lost. Yeah, I suppose the, the people just couldn't get tickets. They were they were flying out the doors. Um, it was a good game. Maybe not not so in the first half, a little bit um, back and forth, but in uh, extra time when you have Shane McGuigan taking the game by the scruff of the neck, and that's probably why we've picked him in the in the green because the, the fifty meter free um, was unbelievable. Like you backed him all day long to to, to put it over, uh, and then Ryan O'Neill was able to match him with a, with an equaliser for themselves. You thought Rory Grugan with that last ditch free was going to possibly send it over there was a little bit of a, a blustery wind I think Conneth Gilligan was, was pointing that out with Ashley O'Reilly after the game um, so maybe not the easiest to freeze for, for Grugan but um, we normally go two ahead in extra time you're thinking they're going to push on here actually and, and mm. probably win this uh, so it showed a little bit of fight um, like, and, and, and McGuigan I know Conor Glass was full of compliments for Shane McGuigan afterwards and he was unbelievable against Monaghan in the semi-finals as well his shooting accuracy he, like he takes on shots from, from angles you're like this is ridiculous but uh, more often than not it goes over he wasn't just very complimentary he put him in the top three forwards in the country yeah. alongside Conor Callaghan and David Clifford yeah which it's is like high end tough to argue with that though isn't it well it's a bit of pressure for him now you know <laughs> a little like, bit maybe um, he's, ahead of, he's ahead of Shane Walsh but you know, Shane Walsh hasn't done it since last year's all in final so mm. how about Conor Glass's penalty oh he was telling uh, our own Ashling afterwards that he was going to go bottom left. He changed his mind. Last split second went top right. Which is always what you shouldn't do and apparently should have. Don't change your mind but clearly it worked on this occasion. Uh, yeah, there's something about it. Paul Gascoigne did the same Euro 96 against Germany semi-final changed his mind last second last second like as he ran up to the ball. Risk. Worked out. Same with Glass. Uh, would you ever think a penalty in a Gaelic football a penalty shootout? No one would ever expect it. I don't think you can because most of the goalkeepers aren't. They do die. I, they uh, a, lot, a lot of them don't dive because mm. they're not used to it Rafferty was diving all over the shop uh, just a thought like I did put it to a, um, a big guy friend of mine who said you'll get a 52 week ban if you try to dink it you should and that would be lenient yeah yeah for sure well when you see people doing it in football it, need, yeah. it needs a few mavericks this sport Oren Lynch though his saves was it three saves the, new, the one from Nugent in particular where he's at full stretch like yeah. that is an unbelievable save they're all good saves they're all bad, yeah. they're all bad penalties though yeah well they yeah, are like medium height left oh yeah like well, exactly where it's Tomofte the wind was taken out of the arm sales when you see Ryan O'Neill your, your main shooter by the way when, when you get the first penalty in the shootout you're like this is an advantage definitely an advantage I think statistically statistically yeah, yeah. an advantage and then Ryan O'Neill like to see that the, the leader of the team going up and taking the first penalty yeah. so that kind of t- sucked the wind out of arm sales a little bit in the shootout maybe um, but they probably should have pushed on an extra time when they were two points up they had the momentum uh, in that extra time the energy levels were kind of dropping off in the matches it went on but it was still unbelievably exciting to watch chaotic at times as well it was a terrible game though right first half particularly uh, ultra football it terrible as it went down. it's not all terrible ah what do you and everyone was like afterwards, oh we have to keep this forever this is ours it's special have you like, forgotten the throne right, Monaghan match already on. have you forgotten that match uh, high scoring uh, yeah okay that was better that was better Derry kicked 121 against Monaghan I think in the semi-final but it's, it's heresy to say that the game wasn't great like ah, it wasn't great but it was a great spectacle I mean uh, from, a, from, a, from an entertainment perspective maybe not from a quality 29 people inside the half <laughs> It was very possession-based and tough to watch in the first and like, half. And no, no risk taken at that stage. Like, uh, I don't know. More risks than the Donegal Derry Ulster final last year. Like, I think that's probably a low, a low bar, to be fair, but I, I certainly I felt like it was a bit more advanced. Um, and, and both teams, you felt, were trying. But it was just the way the game was panning out. Both nervous, both wanted to win. And, and you see the groups that, that the Ulster winner goes into compared to the Ulster runner-up. There was a carrot on the stick there to win yesterday because Derry now go into a group with... with uh, Monaghan, Derry, and or Monaghan, Donegal, and Clare, which is probably a slightly easier group than. Oh, it's a much easier group. What, sorry, what's the Armagh's group? Is Tyrone, Galway, Westmead? Oh. 
which is a nightmare. Well, you just have to beat Westmeath and you're through to the preliminary quarterfinals, and then like but you really want a home quarter. You want, you want a home um, game after that against the. If you finish second or third, that could have serious ramifications. If you you want to finish second to get the home game, um. Because I feel like all the home teams are going to progress, or certainly mo- most of them, more often than not, will progress because of that, that advantage. All right. Yeah, that's quite drama. Yeah, on to the other green then. Uh, aside from Shane McGuigan, we have Munster and the Ireland Sevens. Munster absolutely buzzing this morning, Munster fans. Let us know how you I wanted I wanted the other green to be Ben's Healy, just for the joke. I actually thought Ben Healy was excellent in the first half before he went off injured against Leinster. Like, really, really, really good. And then, obviously, um, Jack Harley moves to 10 and is equally as good mm. I mean Munster cannot be happy about the fact that Ben Healy was allowed to leave whatever they're saying about they wish him all the best for you know but like uh, especially if that 10-12 partnership is going to become something mm. well, you, you, you need multiple 10s it turns out if you're like going to compete um, so yeah fair play to Munster they, they were definitely the better team probably should have had the game well out of sight that photo of Craig Casey by the way he absolutely gave it loads uh, at full time celebrating and understandably so Jack Crowley the coolest man in Dublin one of those gr- drop goals you'd expect him to get ordinarily like if he was practising 20 of them in the warm up you'd expect him to pop most of them over but still under that pressure it was remarkable the coolness. next time himself is on Ron Nogara will have to put it to him the wag of the finger afterwards Crowley as he put it over that should be trademarked that was trademarked surely by Raj he's allowed um, county man. but look Leinster beat Munster 10 at the last 11 times they'd met um, falling at the URC semi-final hurdle uh, for the second year running but it was just brilliant Tyg Byrne was one of the prob- probably the main men that got Munster over the line in the end that second half performance particularly big win for Stormers obviously against uh, Connacht mm-hmm. as well. oh, wow. Connacht were uh, really really good like um, didn't roll over and die until like the very last second um, but you know they really took the fight to them but then the celebrations afterwards we'll show you the video a little bit later on yeah about the celebrations afterwards, they obviously feel like they've won the entire thing. That like the the monster victory down there, which kept their season alive. Mm. Like bear in mind, a few weeks ago we were talking about monster not being in the Champions Cup next season, and here they are in the final of the URC. So uh, fair play to them. But um, I wonder what that does now to Munster in terms of the build up. They've obviously got two weeks more to get all their players Maybe. back, and they'll basically have everybody full. It looks like everybody fit and available for them. So. That's going to be interesting. And then the sevens. Yeah. You know? Women's um, sevens team qualifying for the Olympics. Yeah. Um, 10-5 win over Fiji. What's the, what's the general public's interest in the sevens? I love watching sevens. Do you? Well, when it's, but see, the problem is it's never on. Where was this game on at the weekend? What channel was it on? It, like, it needs to... This, sevens, if sevens was terrestrial consistently, I mean, you're talking, everyone loves, loves a bit of that. It's so exciting to watch. There's constant scores. It's just a bit more... Well, this game finished 10-5, right? Well, yeah. But, like, generally speaking, it's open and attacking. Um, and seeing players who are so fast is just exciting to watch. Look, maybe it's the perfect TikTok sport. Maybe that's what the the point of this is, and, and that's why it's going to be successful. I, I, I just am not quite sure how it fits into the hierarchy of Irish sport. And, look, fair play, congratulations. They set out to qualify for the Olympics. They've mm. qualified for the Olympics, and um, when the Olympics are on... We might catch some of it in the midst of yeah. all of the other sports that we watch that are actually Olympic sports that we really care about. Mm. So I don't know. I mean, it's, it was this is this was David Yusufor's grand plan that I'm keeping Johan van Gran. We should say he wanted to keep Johan van Gran, who clearly was like a just this you know terrible era for Munster rugby. There's no way they were beating Leinster at the weekend with van Gran as coach. But that was anyway. Sorry, I, I digress. We will put this to Quinny later on. 
the sevens does feel like a rugby league or something kind of the kind of the kind of cult classic mm. um, but the, these pairs should be available for the inaugural World 15 Tier 3 campaign later this year I, I suppose that's the problem with it isn't it it's clashing with the 15s yeah and, and maybe now we qualify for the, the, whole the Olympics I don't know because there's obviously funding that comes from the Olympics so anyway right that's all it, it was a big moment for them it was brilliant for the team they were completely um, delighted afterwards and as they should be and hopefully it does help to grow the sport and get more people into it but it doesn't mask the fact that the 15s was the, the shambles that it was a couple of weeks back so right that's this week's episode of the Gillette Labs Performance Rankings OTBAN's Performance Rankings with Gillette 